beginning was the word, and the word was a startling ceremony two million years ago. Lightning strikes the monolithic and the universe crashed. Oh my god, Blatna! It's been off in 10k tribes, distant but familiar. Every ape is unique, yeah. Every ape is beautiful. Every ape is love, yeah. Every ape is family. Whatever their differences, wherever they are now. Welcome back to the Career Advice Channel podcast. This podcast was inspired by the Career Advice Channel in the Hate Beast Discord as, and is intended to supplement the content found in that channel. This podcast series focuses on discussions around careers with a special interest in business and marketing topics, but also leaving the conversation open to more general knowledge. We will talk to professionals and entrepreneurs from all walks of life about their experience and the lessons that we can learn from them. This is an unofficial project and does not reflect the views of the Hate Beast team. In this episode, we talk to Hapler. Hapler works in civil engineering, and we spend a little time talking about the profession and the things that we don't normally consider when we are driving around our own cities. And then we dive into the main theme of the conversation, which is communication skills. Obviously something very important in the engineering field, but the ability to clearly communicate with our fellow humans is an essential part of every career. And yet these skills are often stunted and underdeveloped in younger generations of new graduates. So we talk about what skills people should be cultivating and how to take personal responsibility for developing them if your educational experience is not providing them for you. Our intro music is performed by Key Lavish. Please check the show notes and support him. If you found this podcast and don't know what Hate Beast is, it is an NFT project with an incredible community full of big, big brains, and we hope to amplify those voices here and create content that can increase knowledge and opportunities for everyone. Please find the link below for more information and to get involved. Now let's listen. Right on. Well then, welcome Hapler. And let's jump into it, man. Uh, give us a little bit of background on yourself uh, and what are some of the things that kind of brought you up to where you are right now yeah for sure so um i'm currently a structural engineer with a specialization in bridge design um been in the area for a few years now um i just starting off in the beginning did my undergrad and did a master's as well undergrad just in general civil engineering and my master's you know that's where i specialize in bridge engineering um just going briefly into that, I, I decided to do a master's just because in this area, um, having that extra degree really does help because you know, it helps thin out the competition at least when it comes to finding a job. Uh, also, I was always just very interested in academia and research, so I just really wanted to get into that area. And uh, now, a couple years in the future to where we are today, I'm working as a bridge designer and uh, yeah, that master's did come in handy for sure. <sighs> Oh, yeah. Well, that's good to know. It's uh, important that 
our college degrees do something for us, right? And 100%. engineering is definitely one of those fields where the the college experience is kind of necessary. You know, like more and more, if it, like there aren't um, too many YouTube resources, I don't think that can get you <laughs> the yeah. engineering skills you would need to start building bridges and shit. Like there are, yeah, yeah. There's lots of you know self guided education opportunities, but um, it's you know, sometimes the question comes up, you know, well, should I go to college? Should I not go to college? It's like, well, what do you really want to do? And is a college degree like really necessary for that? Um, engineering definitely is. Um, a little bit, a little I bit more. Go ahead. Go ahead. Expand on that. Yeah. The engineering degree is, I think the biggest thing that engineering teaches you is not just the technical knowledge because, you know, any, any university, degree for sure technical knowledge technical abilities basics fundamentals whatever it is but engineering teaches you more about the mindset so similar to how you have with you know with with programming or coding software development you're you're, you're learning the mindset you're learning how to look at a problem to tackle the problem so you you want to always you know relate things back to your basic principles basic ideas and try to solve that get in that that sol- problem solving mentality and try to solve whatever problem it is, you know, with, with basic fundamentals and then going into the highly technical areas. So I think it's it's more about the mindset of problem solving rather than, you know, the technicals. So that's why I think for engineering, um, university is really important. Right. Yeah. That it, those kinds of things can be tricky to pick up on your, like if you're, if you don't have somebody kind of like guiding you. Um, exactly. And yeah, I, I, before we go too much further on that, I'm I'm a little bit more curious about civil engineering, um, and exactly what it looks like. So like you're designing bridges and overpasses and stuff, but mm-hmm. I've, I've always kind of wondered like who's deciding like where they, where do they go? <laughs> like who plan who plans out like the road needs to go this way and it has to cross the river right here and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Just to start off with the first part of your question, civil engineering. So civil engineering is the engineering discipline that, you know, goes through all the built environment around us. So when it comes to, uh, say, the roadways, the like like we spoke, the bridges, buildings, uh, even water systems, environmental systems, all these different things, uh, it's covered under civil engineering. And civil engineering has a few main paths actually. So in university, you know, you choose the path that you want to go into. So there's transportation. So you could going to you know uh, traffic design and road design and things like that um they're structural so you could go into the design and construction of buildings and bridges um there is environmental so that's looking more into the wastewater sides and environmental systems things like that uh even sewage design and you know water systems for any sort of area and city uh also there's also an area called geomatics so this uh, has to do with things like uh GPS systems, uh, LIDAR systems, which is a laser uh, detection system. Um, all these different areas are covered under civil engineering. So um, when someone says, you know, they're a civil engineer, it's always a good question to ask, you know, what area in specific to, to know exactly what they work on. Okay. Um, now, going back to the second part of your question, uh, in terms of, you know, the buildings and bridges, all these things are, you know, it's, it's all planned for, right? You have... You have both, you know, your your project managers, your development uh, developers in general. Um, you have also city planners and urban planners as well. So they they decide based on you know the different 
say, you know, you want a river crossing, uh, they decide, you know, where along the river you would want that crossing and maybe go off of that. So they would start off with those, you know, those more important, you know, connections or more important areas. And they start building off of that and or start designing off of that. So um, it's all really a big team of people. So us in the engineering side, um, you would have certain people, you know, in terms of the planning and, you know, deciding where things go. And then you have a part that goes into designing each individual element. So designing the roads, designing the bridges, uh, designing whatever, you know, surrounding buildings there are. So it's all, you know, a matter of phases. And uh, there's different teams in charge of different, you know, aspects of the development of an area. Um, and then when it comes to also with bridges too, bridges, you know, they're, they're made to cross over, you know, things that you won't be able to cross over originally. So things like crossing um, any kind of highway or interstate. Uh, that would be the over uh, overpass. Um, you also have uh, crossing rivers, crossing you know important areas that you can't you know build a road over, and that's where you know the, the idea of the the bridge comes in. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating that there's just like this team of people that are deciding, you know, what the city looks like, how it's going to be built, and that's that's just it. I don't know. It's like kind of trying to figure out what I'm trying to say. Like um, when you're driving around and you're looking at the city and you wonder, you know, well, how did all this stuff get here? I mean, at some point somebody had to decide where it goes. And Mm -hmm. I I just like, how does that process even get started? Like who is the person that's like, okay, like we need something to be here. And then the team gets together together and yeah. figures out how to build it. Like, where does that where does that actually get started? So if you think about, you know, just, you know, maybe going a few years in the past, a lot of years in the past, so looking at, say, let's just look at Toronto, right? So this is where I'm from. Um, you have Toronto being, like, one of the major cities, but I think when you have the cities in between Toronto and, let's just say, you know, Montreal, there's a, there's, there's a long, you know, highway or a trade route that goes between the two cities. Now... Between these certain routes, you need to have areas where, you know, uh, you need to have intermediate cities. So other areas where people can live and, you know, off of this main trading route, uh, you need to have these certain areas. So usually they start off with that one, you know, stop basically on that one route and they start deciding, okay, what are the the, the main areas that we're going to define here? And the main areas can be defined on many factors, you know, location relative to, say, sewage or water. Uh, all these things, you know, how, where the most optimal locations with, for things would be in terms of um, facilities when it comes to electricity and water, things like that. Um, so you go, you go off with, you know, the basic infrastructure, and then you start deciding, okay, we'll have this area being an urban area, this area suburban, uh, we'll have housing here, we'll have, you know, uh, commercial here, things like that. So it's all a matter of, you know, identifying first the location and then dividing it up into subdivisions and then figuring out from there you know okay so now we want to build these here what do we what do we need to do we need to start establishing the transportation system so that's like the roads uh we need to have the electrical lines that supply the electricity for these areas we need to have the water lines that would go supply water and sewage as well to take away from those areas and basically where those all lead to um so it's really a lot of it is you know it's a known it's a known thing so people you know they would get started on it and then you would know the direction you know after years of experience for sure um but a lot of it is sort of site specific so 
you would have to go back and kind of think as to like the most efficient ways to get things and, and know where things should be situated and how far things should be uh, from you know the, the main transportation network so that that main trade line like yeah. I mentioned. Um, so really, it's 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 all a game of of knowing where to place things and and sort of how to how to have that urban design going and then from that point that's where a lot of the engineering would come in into the design of the road system how many lanes we'd want on the roads based on you know the expected traffic volumes um how big the pipes should be based on you know how the size of the dwellings or size of the commercial areas or you know residential and then going into you know designing of those structures you know it's 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 a big network it's a big game you know and and uh civil engineering is really in the heart of all that yeah, it's a, it sounds like it's just something that's like built on, I mean, generations and generations of experience and trial and error. And oh yeah, it's just it's just amazing to me because it's something that you don't you just take it for granted. You drive through the city, all the stuff is there and it's like not something that you really ever think too much about. But when you do, it's just kind of mind boggling. Like, how did all of this get here? Um, yeah. But but uh, setting that aside for a bit the reason that i was motivated to chat with you today um the, the all of the engineering stuff is fascinating um absolutely definitely don't want to downplay that um but you made a comment um in you know one of the channel groups that were in the career advice channel and it was a, it had to do with communication <laughs> and this pattern that you notice of how bad people are at it, not all people, but this, you know, it's a consistent theme, consistent enough that you commented on it. And mm-hmm. the, the quote, I saved it. And the quote was, uh, don't get me started on the communication skills. There is for sure a huge lack of communication skills in these new graduates. They become reliant on having a computer with them they don't come out of school with solid connections with their peers or professors. So now I assume that you were speaking specifically about the experiences that you're having in your own field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with this comment specifically, I was, it was uh, really also talking about the, the new graduates coming out in the last couple of years uh, in regards to, you know, staying at home because of uh, school closures with uh, the pandemic. Oh, so, right. Um, yeah, so a lot of this, uh, you know, university, you, you, you go to university, of course, to, to learn in your subject matter, subject area, but also to, you know, to speak to people, to be able to communicate with people, you know, even even asking people, you know, oh, hey, can you help me out with this problem, for example? That's that's all developing communication skills. And, you know, with the lack of school or being in person, there is for sure a lack of these kind of skills where everything is moved online, you know, there's no face-to-face communication where in engineering really it's you know, a really huge thing right so is this like a pandemic specific thing or have you noticed this even prior to the pandemic as far as like there being you know kind of like a generational because it's something that i've sort of heard complained about a bit with um like millennials you know that millennials mm-hmm. kind of have this the, there's been a shift in like a cultural standards of um child rearing and stuff and how schools are structured to cater to to kids and it's 
there's some mixed reviews on how well equipped kids from these more recent generations are yeah um for sure yeah with these with this day and age you know a lot of things are shifting from in person to online even even you know in this area that we're in right now the metaverse right that's that's a purely online virtual sort of way to get to see each other right right um, and of course like this this could be good and could be bad right there's there's positives and negatives in both sides in terms of you know a person's communication skills but um one thing i would want to mention is um i'm sure i'm sure you probably heard is that you know engineer engineers they get a a bad rep when it comes to communication you know uh, engineers <laughs> are, are known to be you know <laughs> on the books only and they'll do their designs they'll do their calculations and that's it you know so i think that's also a huge part of it where uh if you know if these engineering students or and young engineers don't you know are, aren't exposed to in-person communication that's a huge part of the job right so even when i design anything there's reports to go with that you have to always talk to people you know when, when it's being built and you know the contractor has a question you need to be able to go out and adequately communicate what the design is saying to them so that it could be built because this is a huge you know infrastructure this is millions of dollars um so can, being able to communicate whatever technical knowledge you have in a manner that is can be understood by someone who's not technical that's a huge huge area and that's something huge that a lot of people don't don't have the ability to do especially when it comes to engineering because engineering is a like i mentioned it's, it's a very technical field um in any area in co computer science uh, industrial engineering mechanical engineering aerospace all these are areas that you know it's it's very technical and without the proper communication skills and being able to communicate a technical matter in a non-technical way, I think that's a that's a huge downside. Um, and going back to the idea of you know graduates and and uh, who are online right now, um, of course, being online there is still you know to some extent some communication because a lot of it is relying on uh, say emails or messaging things like that. And that's that's totally fine. You could that's that's a way of communication that. Is also very important being able to communicate through email in a in a formal manner and in a way that uh, you can get your message across in a, in a concise way. That's super important. Um, so I think really you know it's the really the in person skills that all these graduates currently you know who are virtual are are, are kind of getting hit by you know. Yeah. So how does that play out then? Like if somebody isn't great at that type of interpersonal interaction uh mm -hmm. how are they able to do their jobs i mean like you said you're building our infrastructure i mean this requires a certain level of you know like ability to transmit information if you're not good at that does that just make uh, make it a big struggle or what yeah the thing with engineering is that there's there's different different areas right so there there, there are the guys who They'll do the calculations. They'll do their, you know, their designs, and that's it. You know, the, but the thing with that is, if you want to move up, you need to have those communication skills because, you know, going up in position does not mean you're doing more technical things. It means you're managing people. It mm -hmm. means you're you're talking to more people. You're going through, you know, information like I mentioned, the technical information to a non-technical crowd. So it's it's a matter of that. So, if a person wants to, you know, go up into the company or move up in position, they would have to have these skills. To be able to do that um and at that point you know the technical knowledge may not be as important it is more communication and uh -huh. being able to talk being able to write interesting um, 
yeah so i think that's that's a huge that's a huge factor right now so let's talk more about that like what uh, like the specifics you've mentioned it a little bit but maybe we could expand a little bit on exactly what constitutes mm-hmm. good communication skills like what are some habits and behaviors that a person can cultivate in that area and you know some things that they could start doing like today some like immediate you know uh, practical behaviors yeah um honestly i think the best way to, to develop your communication skills is to communicate you know just go out and talk to people talk to talk to your friends you know at you know, make it, make make it, make it your your goal to be able to talk to people and uh, engage in conversation. Um, also, you know, when it comes to a technical field, like I mentioned, being able to 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 formulate a, tech, a non-technical response for a technical topic that's huge. You know, a lot of people will have questions, and a lot of people you know need to ask you things, and being able to answer your questions. Like I'm not, I'm not going to tell you, you know. Uh, if you have a question, oh, how do I, how are, how are bridges designed? You know, I'm not going to go into the details about, you know, the girders and positive, negative moments and all these different things. No, I'm going to talk about, you know, just the general idea of, you know, the, the bridge and different components of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really a matter of knowing your audience. Uh, and knowing your audience is, is super important because it, it kind of dictates how you communicate with them. And uh, a lot of these things, I think, is developed through, through practice, through training. You know, you, you won't get anywhere unless you talk to people, unless you're constantly, you know, communicating with people. And um, that's really the best way to develop communication skills in my in my mind, to be honest. Um, and uh, even, you know, with the current graduates, you know, they're all online and their communication is really all through email or, uh, or messaging. I think it would be a really good idea to try to incorporate verbal communication skills um, into their, their, their life. So whether that's, you know, um, having, um, you know, voice conversations with people or even on, so, say we were online, uh, these kinds of voice chats, these, it's, it's super important, you know, because when you start doing this a lot more and talking to more important people, you know, say, you know, getting to them through LinkedIn and things like that, it can really develop a person's skills. And uh, also another thing for engineering graduates, uh, it's uh, really important that, because in engineering, there's not really that much in essay writing and not much in writing in general. So I think it's super important for an engineer to know how to write, right? Because a lot of these guys, like I remember in, in when I was in school, in my master's even, I would be going over some of my friend's uh, thesis, just you know helping him out with uh, his writing, and you know you, you would see a lot of a lot of mistakes in you know the language skills, not you not not just not only not technical writing, just purely language skills, and that's that's something that I think is super important in this area, being able to report write reports in you know a proper way with proper grammar and in a way that you know it's, it's, you're not going on in long sentences and you know just just the proper way to write reports and i think that's also super important and that's something that comes with practice and you know reading for sure that's it helps a lot yeah that kind of stuff seems like it's not um you, you can't blame like pandemic stuff you know or like lack of mm-hmm. in-person schooling on that because that because that kind of thing seems like you should be able to have that like you know taught to you regardless of you know what the actual uh learning uh, environment is like so that that that's confusing to me like how people get all the way up through into college you know without those sort of like essentials and i mean this might open up a much bigger can of worms as far as the shortcomings of our 
current education system. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I don't know. That's just like, yeah, that's it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's like a person with this kind of degree, right? I think the biggest thing that the, the actually the educational system does, you know, in terms of accreditation for engineering is you have to have certain courses that require essay writing. So when it comes to, you know, choosing electives or, uh, these extra courses, you know, on top of your technical courses for engineering, um, those are super important. And that's, I think, of course, they're there, but I think maybe a little bit more of these courses are required because, you know, with more training comes proficiency in whatever the, uh, the aspect of the communication is. Yeah, that, so, I don't know, there's a couple of things that I w w wanted to say here all at once. Um, sure. On, on the one hand, I'm inclined to, and you give me your thoughts on this, I give the advice to people that it, they should maybe be proactive about their own education in terms of like, don't assume that you're like going to get all of these kinds of things that you're going to need in terms of like communication skills, interpersonal dialogue, stuff like that. So maybe take it upon yourself to uh, take supplemental classes because communication is like an entire field of study on its own like there's like yeah. you, can, you can get a degree in communication so there is definitely the opportunity especially like if you're already in school you know forgive me for uh trying to put more work on the plate of students i know that that can all that's already like a huge job you know but it, maybe it doesn't take a lot it's not like a it doesn't have to be like this whole extra huge workload but just some of the things that we've been talking about already, you know, like make it a point to start incorporating um, some of that in. I didn't go to college, so it's easy for me to talk like that should just be uh, easy <laughs> or it's like mm -hmm. easy advice to give. You went through it. So you tell me, does that sound like a, like a feasible thing or like what kind of like what kind of things could people do to, you know, who already have like a really big. Um, like a heavy work schedule in terms of time management to start bringing in some of those things? Yeah, uh, it's actually a really good question. So I think you mentioned being proactive and I think you know, I'm always advocating for, you know, whatever work you have or whatever school you have to be proactive and do more, right? I think develop, figuring out what kind of skills you lack and developing those is super important. Um, and also when it comes to any graduates, you know, like even though, your, you know, whatever communication communication skills you lack currently, when you do, when you start working, you know, over time they develop, right? And I think you know, even people in engineering, when it comes to the the managers and things like that, they they understand and they 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 know that you know a fresh graduate has certain skills and abilities, and these kind of things develop over time. So I think you know, as you know, a fresh graduate, uh, someone entering the area or any area really, whatever types of skills that you need, you need to really be proactive about them. Right. Don't don't wait to to be be in a situation where it, it should be developed to develop it. I think being proactive and develop, developing them on your own is something that's super important. And I think that's something that everyone sh should be doing, really, when it comes to any kind of skill. Um, and I think, uh, you know, when you're put in the workplace and you, you have to develop that skill, you will. I think over time, you know, people are, are able to communicate and be able to you know write reports and do whatever you need. Um, just by being in the area, 
right? And I think being dropped in that area is really the best the best lesson. But you can still do more by uh, even just simple things, you know, reading. Reading is a super powerful tool when it comes to communication, you know. It helps you with formulating, formulating your sentences and uh, the vocabulary in many different areas. Uh, and just putting yourself in these certain positions where you can develop is is super important, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. I like one part of that that you mentioned, which is at, once you graduate, like it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you are adding to your workload while you're in school, but once you graduate, graduate, <laughs> once you graduate, um, make that proactive effort to supplement your education that you've gotten up until that point. And yeah, don't assume like going into the process of like going to college that maybe just, you know, that you're going to get this like fully well-rounded education. You're going to definitely get the, you know, technical specifics of what you need going into it. But there might be some other things that you would want to supplement that with once you, once you graduate. These communication skills are something that I like don't get talked about very much it seems like Mm -hmm. you know like the the soft skills of being able to just you know negotiate interpersonal relationships um and that's kind of fascinating to me especially in light of one thing that you said earlier you know where it's like if you find that you're or if you want to move forward in the company you know if you want to like advance your career and and progress move upwards in positions those are very valuable skills. Like one thing that I, that I see coming up um, sometimes in these uh, in the career advice channel, you know, is um, like how to negotiate a pay raise, you know, or how to ask for a raise. That is a point where you definitely want to be able to have good interpersonal communication skills. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) hundred percent. And this isn't just, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I think also like, even negotiating a pay pay raise, you know, the interpersonal relationships before that negotiation is also super important. You know, like if you, if you have a good relationship with your bosses or your your coworkers, um, that could really help. You know, whenever you want to move up, because people will know, you know, okay, this guy's a active person, or even just knowing them, you know, on a personal level is is something that can really benefit you when it comes to moving up in terms of even just pay or or position. Yeah. And before anybody's tempted to be like, oh, well, that just implies that it's a, you know, it's who you know and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, yes, but I don't know. A a long time ago, I kind of got this different perspective on that, you know, that idea of, you know, people kind of getting bummed out if they get the impression that they have to know the right people, you know, or they have to brown nose or, or whatever. And it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. It's, it's more that, you know, humans are, uh, we're, we're social creatures. Our, yeah. our, our, literally, our genetic programming relies on the community that we're in. And we have to be able to, you know, feel a part of that. And we have to be able to feel like the other people that are in our community are on the same level. And we're all kind of like working together. And that requires... Uh, a certain level of finesse like you have to like know how to do that and that is a that is a skill and you know 
it's we're in this for better or worse we're in this day and age where some of the opportunities to finesse that skill or to or to gain that skill of finesse however you want to say it is a little bit harder and so maybe people have to work a little bit harder but don't assume that like anybody owes you anything i know that sounds like a little bit harsh but i yeah I, I, that i think that that is something worth saying that like nobody owes it to you like a lot of this shit you got to go and kind of like figure out for yourself yeah yeah in a sense you know you kind of owe it to yourself to be able to get these relationships and get these you know opportunities and uh yeah communication is really in the heart of all of that yeah it's and I, I feel like an asshole sometimes when i'm like when i say things like that but um <laughs> It's, it's a it, these kinds of questions are things that do come up often enough that it, it, it seems like it's worth stating that. Um, there were a couple of other things um, that I wanted, if we had time, which we got a little bit more, a little bit more as far as like the engineering thing that I wanted to ask you about. Um, yep. Because you work in this area that I'm kind of like fascinated by, you know, as far as like civil engineering and like what we were talking about before, like how cities and stuff uh, get built. Um, it all, this is, this is a, a little bit of a digression from the communication thing. <laughs> this is a little bit of, this is the part of the podcast where it's a little bit more self-indulgent and like I get yeah. to just sort of explore my own curiosity. Um, so this, I, w building cities has recently become like, just like, so interesting to me for whatever reasons um why do, why do they all just kind of do like it's there it's all sprawl you know like it's all just like it, it just kind of keeps expanding um outwards they just mm -hmm. keep they just keep, keep getting bigger outwards even in spite of the fact of like all of these like new technologies and well, I shouldn't say new. I mean, the ideas have been around for a long time to, you know, kind of like build up more. Yeah. Um, why, why do we keep going outwards? Why isn't there more upwards? <laughs> Maybe that's, as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, Oh, that sounds like kind of a dumb question, but I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you think? Uh, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, land is land is expensive you know once once you develop on it it's it's very expensive to you know ex expand on that development within the same area of land you know so if you have a small rise uh low-rise building say a couple three, three three four stories or something and you want to you know build upwards right that's it's, 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 there's a whole additional cost when it comes to demolition of the existing building and uh and then construction of the new building right it's it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing so i think you know, when it comes to any city, right, there's always a city center and it starts with that city center. And then as things get more, you know, demanding and there's more population, more people, more people in and out of the city, uh, it starts expanding. Right. Every almost every city has that suburban area that, you know, houses the people and people live in um, that's away from that city and busy life. Um, so for sure, it, it all starts with that, you know, that strong uh, city center, businesses, commercial spaces. The money-making areas, and then as demands increase in that area, they start, you know, building, like you mentioned, building upwards. Building upwards is a huge opportunity because, you know, within a, a small area of land, you could have so many businesses run 
in that in that building or in that you know in that one uh, structure. So it's super important to build upwards, and that's why a lot of people's places are going upwards because you could have a very very high concentration of businesses and skills and uh, services in that small area, uh, in that small area of you know downtown area, whatever it is, and um, and that, that way you localize everything into a specific area, and then the rest can be all commercial and uh, smaller you know residential areas, you know restaurants, uh, department stores, uh, grocery stores, things like that. Um, so every city has to have that that one main business center, right? The financial district, the you know, whatever types of areas you have, and then it starts going outwards into you know uh, different suburban cities where people live mainly. But still, in those cities, you know, where there's a high population, you will have new businesses popping up in those areas to supply that new population. So it's 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 really like an when you think about it, it's kind of like like a disease, you know, it, it, it starts somewhere and then it starts spreading into different areas. And that, that area starts getting really demanding and starts spreading into a new area. So looking, looking here, like in Toronto, right? Uh, like a long time ago, like maybe around 50 years ago, Toronto and the surrounding su suburbs was, was a completely different area. Now we have, you know, Toronto, we have, you know, the surrounding areas, Scarborough, Mississauga, whatever it is. And then based on those suburbs, which first, you know, they were the, one of the first suburbs, you have new suburbs that that went even beyond those suburban areas, and it just keeps growing and growing as uh, more jobs keep coming in. There's more demand on the business in that area, and it's just as more 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 work is here, more population comes in, and so there's more demand on you know increase for 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 space, and more cities start coming up that way. So I think it's 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 all driven by business. It's all driven by by availability of work, and. Um, and I think even even now here, you know, people people are seeing that, and houses house prices. I'm I'm sure you know everywhere in, in the U.S. and Canada, house prices are are going up like crazy, and it's because you know that, that limited space we have, right? If people want to live in good areas close to their work or close to the business centers or close to opportunity, and now that's going to cost you, you know. Have Have you heard of um? I'm gonna fuck his name up. Uh, I think it's Paolo Seri. Um, he kind of, he pioneered this area of engineering called arcology. It's like the combination of ecology and architecture, um, and the engineering that kind of brings those two things together. Have you heard of that guy? No, I haven't. That's that he, was like an interesting topic though. He, yeah. He came up with this concept, uh, called the, the lean linear city. So instead of a city that starts as like this little ink spot, and then keeps expanding outwards and becoming a bigger and bigger and bigger dot until it just covers this like huge round-ish area of land. It it is mm -hmm. it is directed in a line. So you have you have height, you know, you have that vertical building and then it maintains this sort of like thin horizontal structure. So it builds long ways across the countryside kind of like you know following like the curves and the contours of the land and stuff but it doesn't ex it doesn't expand outward in this ever like greater radiating concentric circle kind of thing it's just kind of going in a, in a line and so it maintains and preserves like the ecosystems and stuff that are like in the environments that the, that the city is being built in but you still get the space it's just kind of arranged differently does that make sense oh that's actually very interesting yeah so 
it basically just it, c it controls the urban sprawl when it comes to areas into a specific line. I'm well, guessing that line is like that major transportation route or right. the major trade route, like I mentioned in the beginning. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you still get like the, you know, it's not like people have to totally give up their residential area, you know, or their like suburban area or whatever. It just looks a little bit different in terms of its orientation you know and yeah. so you can still like provide that opportunity for you know people to have like that kind those kinds of z zones and areas and whatnot but anyway i we don't have to dig too deep into it uh, it's just to kind of like say like it'd be cool you this is the first op op one of the first opportunities i've ever had to talk to somebody that is like right in the thick of that kind of development and mm -hmm. i don't know i'd be interested if it is interesting to you, if you look that stuff up, I'll send you some information. Um, and if you dig into it, and I don't know, tell me what you think. I'd be interested to get your your ideas on that. But um, let's start wrapping it up a little bit. There have been some people listening. We've kind of like gone across a, a few different topics. Does anybody that's been listening have any questions? I'm going to go with no. All right. Well, that's cool, too. Um, is there anything that we didn't talk about or anything that, uh, any shout outs you want to give any information you want to talk about that we didn't cover? Yeah. Uh, honestly, we, we covered quite a lot in this, uh, conversation here. I think also one thing I would want to mention is any, you know, prospecting engineering students or any engineering people in the engineering area, you know, I think the biggest thing I could give them is just do your research, you know, and figure out what you're deficiencies are in terms of you know your skills and the area you want to go into and learn or try to figure out how to develop those skills you know if you're say for example if you're a coder and you're in computer engineering and you want to get into a software job in uh, cloud architecture you know develop the skills right i think learn on your own and it'll pay off for sure when you go to apply for the jobs because when you learn on your own and you develop, make your own projects and things like that uh it, it really that's one of the best ways to develop yourself other than, you know, of course, being in the area and learning by being placed in that position. So I think, you know, just go out, see what skills you want to go for and, and, and go for it. Yeah, right on. Cool. That's a good way to tie it back to the main theme of our conversation. I swung yep. a little bit wide there at the end, but like I said, I, I couldn't resist the opportunity to just kind of like dive into that a little bit. Uh, I would love to talk to you more about that in the future, man. If you were down, I, I really appreciate you uh, hanging out for a little bit and having this conversation. Yeah. Anytime. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> awesome, dude. Cool. 